What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 117, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC Fight Night card going down this Saturday, October 3rd, 2020, headlined by Irina Aldana versus Holly Holm. This 11-fight card will take place from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, which means it will take place in the big UFC cage. Just a quick recap from last week, I did go 6 for 5 on official predictions and lost a half unit in terms of official track bets, so just a small loss from last week, not too ideal, but couldn't look to get back in the profitable win column this week, but to be honest, I do not have many bets on this card so far, Uh, it's not a good card from top to bottom in terms of matchups and in terms of the betting lines, there's only one fight I'm really looking forward to on this entire card, and that's Casey Kenny versus Haley Alatang, so this will likely be a pretty light card for me in terms of bets and I advise you do the same don't force too many bets don't bet fights you don't feel really confident about just to get some action on these fights just sit back and watch these fights and maybe uh, save your money for a pick you're more confident in in the future so we're going to start things off in the lightweight division we have Jessen Aari taking on Luigi Vendramini the opening betting line for this one was Vendramini the minus 175 favorite to Aari the plus 135 dog right now looking at bet online we are seeing Aari a small minus 117 favorite to Luigi Vendramini, a slight minus 103 underdog. I'm quoting all the lines from Bet Online this time. I usually do the five dimes odds, but because five dimes is no longer available to American customers, I'm just going to go with Bet Online because they seem to be the most popular book nowadays. So these current lines that I'm quoting are from Bet Online, just in case you are wondering. So getting down to analyzing this Ari versus Vendramini fight, Both these guys are coming off of pretty long layoffs. Neither of them have fought since late 2018 when they both lost their last fights. Aari, I thought, should have won his last fight. It was a decision over Stevie Ray. I thought he was counterpunching Stevie Ray pretty easily and had solid boxing technique in that fight. Not the highest output, but was clearly outboxing and outstriking Ray in that fight. It's really just Aari's takedown defense, his defensive grappling that give him big problems. He was taken down by Darren Till in his fight not that long ago, which says a lot because Till is not a good grappler and Aari was taken down pretty easily so the biggest question in this fight is going to be Aari's takedown defense and he's taken on Benjamini a guy with only one fight in the UFC that fight was at welterweight versus Zaleski Dos Santos I think that was a short notice fight he was kind of thrown to the wolves in his first fight and did get finished in round two but Vendermini had a brief moment of success in that fight. He hit a takedown. He got a quick standing back take on Zaleski. He didn't really do much with it. I think he went pretty hard for a rear naked choke at one point, but did not get it. But it definitely shows that Vendermini is most comfortable when grappling. And I noticed that from his pre-UFC fights as well. He does not look like a good striker. And it definitely seems like he's most comfortable grappling. And he needs to hit takedowns to beat Aari here. Because I do think Aari is the better striker. He should outbox and counter-strike Vendermini whenever Vendermini comes forward. I do have a bit of a concern about Aori's volume on the feet. He's a pretty low volume striker, so Vendermini could make it competitive on the feet just based on volume, but Vendermini, in my opinion, is going to have to hit takedowns and keep top control and likely get a submission to win this fight because I just do not think I've seen anything in the striking to think that he can compete with Aori. So I'm going to trust the experience of Aori here to stuff the takedowns, avoid getting taken down, avoid getting his back taken at any point, and just outstriking Vendermini on the feet here. So I put one unit on Aori at plus 102. He's now the favorite, so it looks like I got some slight value on him. And I think that Vendermini by submission is a great hedge for this because I just have a hard time seeing Vendermini win by knockout. 
He would have to hit takedowns and keep top position for multiple rounds to win a decision, and I just do not think that's very likely. I think that if Vendermini is hitting takedowns, he probably gets a submission somewhere along the line. So the pick for me is going to be Ari. I think he probably wins this one by decision. Not the most confident pick, but I do have a one-unit bet on Ari at plus 102. Next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Haley Alatang taking on Casey Kenny. The opening betting line for this one was... Kenny the favorite at minus 220 to Alatang plus 185. Right now we are seeing Kenny minus 310 to Alatang plus 260. Needless to say, much more action coming in on the favorite Casey Kenny in this one. And I disagree with the action. I think that where the opening line was set was about right. Even then, there might have been some value on Alatang at plus 185. So currently at plus 260, I think the value is all over Alatang at that price, and I'm probably going to be betting him at that price as well. I have not locked in any bets yet because the prices just keep going higher for Alatang, so I'll probably wait till as late as possible to lock my bet in. But looking at this fight, I think these two are pretty similar to one another. They're both very well-rounded fighters, good offensive takedown. They're hard to take down themselves, and they're dangerous strikers on the feet. But I think that Alatang has two pretty distinct advantages in this fight, and that is in cardio and endurance. Durability. We've seen Casey Kenny slow down a few times in the rounds two and three of his UFC career, and I haven't seen him rock by strikes per se, but I've seen Alatang eat some massive strikes, big right hands, body kicks, and he just keeps coming at you. It seems like his cardio is just unaffected. He can eat head strikes very well. So I just think that Alatang is the much tougher and more durable guy, and that's going to be very relevant here because if they're striking on the feet, I think it's going to be a matter of who can pressure who, who can put who on the back foot, and if Alatang can take more damage. I think that he's going to be pressuring more, and I think that he has a chance to, to win the striking here. The grappling between these two should be very fun, very competitive. I'm expecting some fun scrambles and exchanges between these two. Both, I think, have better offensive wrestling than defensive. I think Casey Kenny probably has the better defensive wrestling of the two because we've seen it proven a little more. We've seen him stuff takedowns from Ray Borg. We've seen him get up from takedowns from Marab Davalashvili. We haven't really seen Alatang struggle with defensive grappling too much because he He's usually the one hitting the takedown. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the grappling plays out between these two. I just see the fight being competitive everywhere. And the grappling and the striking, especially as the later the fight goes, I think the more I start to favor Alatang here. So it's a clear dogger pass for me. I think in terms of an official prediction, I'm still going to go with Casey Kenny by decision. But this line is very wide. I think at most, Casey Kenny should be about 65% minus 200. So the value is on Alatang here. I will be betting Alatang. Have not locked in the bet yet but you can check my bet mma tips page to find when i officially lock in that bet so once again the pick is casey kenny by decision but it's dogger pass all day the next fight takes place in the women's strawweight division we have loma Lukwunmi taken on jin yu fry the opening betting line for this one was a minus 120 pick em on both sides right now looking over at bet online we are seeing loma minus 142 fry plus 120 more action coming in on Loma Lukbunmi here, and I agree with the action. I think that she deserves to be the favorite here. Another matchup where I think there's some similarities between the two fighters, both are former Adam weights, which is the 105-pound division, so they both tend to struggle with size a little bit at 115, but that shouldn't really be a factor here because they're both about the same size. It's a pretty simple fight to break down in my opinion. I just think that Loma is the much better striker. She comes from that Muay Thai background with hundreds of fights. I think she's a little bit better at distance and much better in the clinch. And it really comes down to Jin Yu Fry hitting takedowns and getting her grappling going to win this fight because... 
I just do not see her outstriking Loma Lukbunmi. Once this fight gets into the clinch, I think that we see Loma really take over and start doing damage on Fry with those knees to the body, those elbows, those dumps, those takedowns that she goes for. Now, Fry has attempted and hit takedowns in her MMA career that I have seen, and Loma's defensive grappling is probably the weakest aspect of her game, um, but I just do not think we've seen reliable enough takedowns, reliable enough wrestling out of Fry to think that she hits takedowns here. She might get a quick trip takedown or a, a throw in the clinch of some sort and get some small top time here, but I do not think that Fry is going to do enough with the takedowns to win rounds, to possibly get a submission, and I think that Loma probably works her way back up to the feet or just avoids the takedowns altogether and keeps this one striking and outstrikes Jinyu Fry here. So the pick for me is Loma Lukbunmi by decision. At minus 140, I do think there's a bit of value left on her. I would cap Loma closer to 63-65% here. So there is some slight value on that minus 140. Personally, I'll probably avoid betting this one, mostly because I'm a big fan of Loma Lookman Me. Would be pretty upset to see her lose here, so I'm going to avoid you know double sadness uh, seeing my fighter lose and losing the bet. So it's going to be just a, a pick for me in this one. No bet. The pick is Loma Lookman Me by decision. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Nasruddin Imavov taking on Jordan Williams. The opening betting line for this one was Williams minus 215 to Imavov plus 165. Right now we are seeing Williams minus 140 to Imavov plus 120. More action coming in on the underdog Imavov here and I understand why the action is coming in, although I don't necessarily agree with it. I do think that Williams should be a favorite in this fight, and at minus 140, the value is on Jordan Williams here, but I do agree where the opening line was set was probably a bit too high in favor of Williams. Williams is the much more proven fighter. There's way more footage of him out there on the internet. There's footage of him beating actual good fighters. There's contender series fights of him, while Imavov is very untested. He has not fought anybody really good in my opinion. Imavov has actually fought most of his career at 170 pounds, so he's moving up to 185 here on short notice. And it's a winnable fight for him, no doubt, because Williams is not a big weight. He does not cut much weight at all because he's a type 1 diabetic. So he's not going to be at a big size disadvantage here, Imavov. But I just think that he is too inexperienced. He has not shown enough against good competition to think that he can come in here and beat Williams because we've seen a lot of footage of Williams. He's been on the Contender Series three times. He had two solid wins. One was a dominant win over Karen. One was a bit of a closer fight against Rodriguez just about a month or two ago. He was actually losing the first two minutes of that fight, but was just constantly pressuring Rodriguez. Eventually threw a barrage of punches that rocked Rodriguez and led to a round one knockout. But Williams' most impressive performance, in my opinion is his loss against Kura Magomedov. That was an incredible fight on the Contender Series. If you haven't watched it, I advise you go watch it right now. A back-and-forth, 15-minute, high-intensity fight. He stuffed takedowns. He got off of his back. He showed great defensive grappling in that fight. He was hard to take down, and he showed high output, good durability, good striking technique. I mean, we saw a lot of good things from Williams in that fight, and that's partially why I'm confidently picking him here. We've just seen so much more footage of him, and he's so much more proven against this UFC-level competition where I just can't be confident in Imavov at all. So I think Imavov has a small chance for an early knockout here, but the later the fight goes, I think the more skill and the more experience of Williams takes over, and his pace and pressure is going to take over as well. So in terms of an official prediction here, I think I'm going to go with Williams' late knockout, probably round two, round three. Could see it lasting to a decision, but with the way that Williams fights, his 
pace, his pressure, his output. I think he probably breaks Imavov down at some point and gets that late knockout. So the pick is going to be Williams by round three knockout. And at minus 140, there is value at left on his price. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Charles Jourdain taking on Joshua Kulibau. The opening betting line for this one was Jourdain minus 300 to Kulibau plus 250. Right now we are seeing Jourdain minus 454 to Kulibau plus 354. More action coming in on the favorite Charles Jourdain here, and I understand why. He's the much more proven, he's the better fighter in my opinion by a pretty wide margin, but with the way Jourdain fights, he's a little reckless, aggressive at times. He likes going for that knockout. He's a very flashy, fun fighter. I just don't think that you can trust that type of fighter at minus 400 here, and I fully expect him to win the fight. I think his chances are 80%, kind of what the odds indicate, but I would just advise passing on this line. Maybe even avoid throwing it in a parlay because Jordan's style is just prone to, to gassing out. It's prone to maybe getting taken down at times. He got taken down a few times by Andre Feely. So that's how Koulibao is going to win here. And Koulibao's one and only fight in the UFC that was at lightweight versus Jalen Turner. He was getting outstruck, hurt bad on the feet, but he just kept shooting takedowns. He was shooting sloppy takedowns. He wasn't really getting them. Turner was ending up on top, but that's probably how this fight goes is we're going to see Jordan busting Koulibau up on the feet with strikes and then Koulibau is going to look to level change to get a desperate takedown and to get Jordan down to the floor and Jordan does not have great defensive grappling. He did get taken down a few times in his most recent fight against Andre Feely but Feely is actually a solid fighter, great grappler on a much different level than Koulibau so I cannot rely on Koulibau to hit takedowns in the same way here so very small window for Koulibau to win by submission. I think if he wins, it is inside the distance by a crazy knockout or submission. I think he has virtually no chance of winning by decision. So the pick for me in this one is going to be Charles Jourdain by late TKO or decision. Koulibau can take a shot. He took a lot of uh, punches versus uh, Jalen Turner, but that was at 155. The weight cut might affect him a little differently. So I think we see a late knockout from Jordan here. I just think the skill difference between these guys is just going to be so vast that Jordan eventually overwhelms him and leads to a finish. So I'm going to go with Jordan round three knockout here as an official prediction, but uh, skip betting this one. It's dog or pass all day. I don't even think there's any value on the dog. So just look to prop bet this one or just not bet it at all. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Court McGee taking on Carlos Condit. The opening betting line for this one was Condit, the minus 140 favorite, to McGee, the plus 120 underdog. Right now, we are seeing McGee minus 133 to Condit plus 113. The line has flipped. We are now seeing McGee as the favorite, and I agree with that action. I think that McGee should be the favorite here, and I think it's pretty obvious. Just taking a glancing look at their records, Condit is on a five-fight losing streak and is 2-8 and eight in his past 10 fights, and Court McGee is 3-7 and seven in his past 10 fights and 1-4 and four in his past five. So both these guys are vets. They're struggling. They're at the end of their careers, but if you watch their fights, I think that one of them is much more promising, much more competent late in their career, and that is Court McGee. I was re-watching some of Condit's fights today, and it just seems like all aspects of his game have severely regressed. His striking technique, which he was once known for, was once a crisp striker, could go five full rounds, 
had some amazing fights over his career, but his striking technique is not as crisp. His speed has gone way down. It looks like his footwork is really sloppy. He doesn't seem to have his feet underneath him a lot of the times. And of course, the takedown defense. That's the biggest problem throughout his entire career. He just really struggles with stopping takedowns. And I will say that once he got taken down by Mike Chiesa, he did a good job throwing up uh, arm bars off his back, going for leg locks to stand up, getting his guard back. He still has a very good guard retention and ability to get back up to his feet. But Conda's big problem is he cannot stuff the takedown. He cannot keep his back off the cage. And I think Court McGee is just a much more capable fighter at this point in their career. Court McGee has much better volume. He throws more strikes. He seems a bit more durable. Although McGee has been dropped a few times in his recent fights, he's hard to finish. He's been to the decision with some tough guys like Sean Brady, Diego Lima, and was getting outstruck in those fights and kept coming forward and won round three of both of those fights. He lost rounds one and two to both Lima and Brady, but dug deep, came back in round three, and was able to make those fights close 29-28 decisions. So Court McGee still has cardio late in round three. He still can attempt takedowns. He attempted a lot of takedowns versus Diego Lima, and he hit a lot of takedowns in his uh, most recent win against Alex Garcia. He hit takedowns, kept top position in that fight, and showed that he can still win via top time as well. So I just think McGee has many more ways to win the fight. He can win the fight at distance by having the more volume and effective striking. He can push Condit against the cage, look to keep him there, cage push, outstrike him in the clinch, or he can hit takedowns, which I think is his most likely path to victory, is Court is just going to mix up the striking, hit takedowns, and just use his cardio and his pressure to outvolume, outpace Carlos Condit. I mean, if this fight was happening 5-10 years ago, I think everyone would have been picking Carlos Condit. He would have been a pretty massive favorite, but the fact that he's the underdog now just shows how far his athletic uh, his athleticism has declined, how far his fighting ability, his fighting skill has regressed, and it's pretty sad to see, honestly. So Court McGee, by decision, is the pick. I think he's a pretty safe bet at minus 135. But I actually think we might get a better price on the live bets in this one because if Condit has any success at all in this fight, I think it will be in striking in round one. So it might be better to hold off, see how Court McGee is looking, making sure he's a fight, uh, approaching the fight with the right game plan, and then looking to live bet him. Because if McGee is executing the right game plan, going for takedowns, looking to put his pace and pressure on Condit, I think he's going to win the fight by a landslide. I think it's going to really start to look like a, a dominant fight in rounds two and three because Condit just does not seem to have much fight left in him. Once the fight stops going his way, it seems like he kind of runs out of ideas and maybe even gives up a little bit at times. So I expect Court McGee to run away with it after round one, but it could be a close round one. So in terms of the minus 135 money line, don't go too crazy. The people who got in on Court McGee as underdogs are the real best bettors here. That's an incredible price and I uh, hope it cashes because McGee by decision is my pick. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Daquan Townsend taking on Dusko Todorovic. The opening betting line on this one was... Todorovic minus 305 to Townsend plus 225. Right now we are seeing Todorovic minus 310 to Townsend plus 260. A little bit more action coming in on Todorovic as the favorite, but I just get the feeling there's not much being bet on this fight at all. Maybe some people are throwing Todorovic in parlays, but two pretty unknown fighters. Todorovic is making his UFC debut. And Todorovic is 0-3 in the UFC. He's miraculously getting a fourth fight because in my opinion, he has lost every single second of his UFC career. He has looked completely helpless in all aspects of MMA. He barely throws strikes when he's at distance. He can't stop a takedown. He can't get up once he gets taken down. So I really have no 
good things to say about Townsend, except that he's tough and he's hard to finish. So I guess I favor Todorovic everywhere here. I think he should light him up with punches. He should hit takedowns if he wants to, but I think Todorovic likely keeps it on the feet, uses his superior boxing. He has pretty high output as well, so Todorovic should outbox Townsend easily. I don't know how this fight's going to end via knockout decision. I guess I'll go with Todorovic via decision as my official prediction because, as I mentioned, Townsend is hard to finish, but just not much analysis into this fight. Todorovic should win this one pretty heavily. Uh, it's, I guess, favorite or pass because I would not put a single dime on Daquan Townsend uh, no matter what the price is. So the pick is Todorovic by decision, and it is favorite or pass even at minus 310. The next fight takes place in the bantamweight division. We have Kyler Phillips taking on Cameron Else. The opening betting line for this one was Phillips the favorite at minus 275 to Else plus 235. Right now we are seeing Phillips minus 480 to Else plus 380. More action coming in on the favorite Kyler Phillips here and I guess I agree with the action even though it is short notice and I don't really advise betting on these big favorites on short notice just so much random stuff can happen. Phillips was the one who was preparing for a fight on this card originally. He was supposed to fight Dana Bakarel, but Bakarel fell out, and Cameron Else is coming in here on short notice. And doing some tape on Else, I gotta admit, I was pretty unimpressed with what I saw. His most recent fights are six wins, six knockouts in round one, and right away you gotta you gotta fade those type of records. It just seems like he's being given really easy matchups, and he's kind of looking unimpressive when he does so. It's not like he's knocking about in highlight real fashion. They're kind of just underwhelming wins. I was able to watch some footage of Else's recent losses as well, and it just seems like he's such a clear round one or bust fighter if he does not get that finish in round one it seems like his cardio just falls off a cliff and in the arthur fight he had a takedown he got an anaconda choke he was squeezing really hard for that choke but when arthur defended el stood up he was completely gassed out and got tko'd quickly after in the fight versus whedon he was engaging in a crazy brawl he dropped him in round one he kept top position for four four and a half minutes but then in round two was completely gassed out had no striking defense and was not Knocked out 30 seconds into round two. So Else is a clear round one or bust fighter. All 10 of Else's wins have come in round one. So if you want to bet Else here, bet him round one prop, round one knockout prop, something like that. And I barely even have to talk about Kyler Phillips here, but I will pay him some quick respect because I was really impressed with his last fight against Silva. He was able to stuff takedowns in that fight. He was able to hit his own offensive takedowns. He had good cardio in round three. He had high output, exciting striking. He was throwing a lot of flashy techniques on the feet. Very fun fighter to watch. And going into that fight, I was kind of unimpressed with him. I was actually betting against him there, but I was really humbled because Phillips dominated that fight. 30-27 Silva just shut down Silva and actually outgrappled Silva late. So just beat him in his own game. So Kyler Phillips is an impressive prospect. I don't think else will be much of a test for him. And I think that if Phillips uh, is able to withstand that round one storm, he should get a, a knockout pretty quickly into round two. So the pick for me is Kyler Phillips by round two finish. And uh, those round two, round three props will have a lot of value because every time the fight has gone outside of round one, else has lost. So the pick for me is Kyler Phillips by round two, uh, round two finish of somehow. And uh, it's a pretty safe parlay piece. And if you want to bet else, do it round one prop or don't do it at all. The next fight takes place in the women's bantamweight division. We have Jermaine Durandame taking on Juliana Pena. 
The opening betting line for this one was Duranda May minus 185 to Pena plus 160. Right now we are seeing Duranda May minus 139 to Pena plus 119. This line has actually been going all over the place. The early action came in on Pena, and Duraname was actually the plus 120 underdog for a short amount of time. Congratulations to anybody who got in on Duraname as an underdog. That's a great bet because she is now the minus 140 favorite. I think that's much more appropriate. And I think that people are kind of just defaultly guessing that Pena would win this fight because she's a decent grappler. They were thinking that Duraname got taken down and dominated on the map by Nunez and that Pena should probably do the same thing here. And to be honest, I was kind of under that same thinking until I did the tape on these two and realized that Pena has a very limited win condition. In my opinion, she needs to hit takedowns to win. She's not going to outstrike Durandame on the feet. Durandame is the much better distance and clinch striker. So Pena needs to hit takedowns, needs to get her heavy top pressure going and get her submissions going. And if Pena can get Durandame down to the floor, there's a great chance that she outgrapples Durandame, that she keeps her on her back. She attempts submissions. She passes guard. She lands ground and pound because Pena is very heavy from top. But it's the question of will she get there at all? And I do not think that she will. There's a big distinction in this fight in that Duraname had stuffed a lot of takedowns going into the Nunes fight, and a lot of those takedowns were upper body takedowns, like Raquel Pennington would push her against the cage, would clasp her hands together, and go for takedowns, but she failed. And then when Nunes went for takedowns, she went below the waist. She shot double legs, and she was able to get Duraname down easily. So that's what this fight comes down to. It comes down to where Pena shoots her takedowns, because if she shoots below the waist and goes for double legs, single legs, I think she takes Duraname down. But if she goes for that upper body clinch where she goes for trips and throws, I do not think she takes Duraname down. And re-watching Pena's fights, almost all of her takedowns are upper body takedowns. She very rarely shoots beneath the legs and all of her takedowns come from pressuring, getting a clinch, getting that body lock, and then looking to get a trip or a throw or something. She does have good trips, but Duraname is pretty good at defending those. She's good at defending uh, the trips, good at digging underhooks, good at getting that wizard, and outstriking girls in the clinch against the cage. So if Pena shoots in open space and beneath the waist, I think she takes Duraname down. We just have not seen Juliana Pena do that on tape in the past five years. She's been very inactive, hasn't been fighting much, in the few times that she has hit takedowns in her most recent fight, in round two of the Shevchenko fight and in round two and three of the Montano fight, they were upper body takedowns. They were those trip takedowns, outside trip, inside trip. And I just do not think that she's going to hit those on a solid fighter like Durandame, who kind of specializes in defending those upper body clinch takedowns. So maybe I'm dead wrong about this one, have a bad read. Maybe Pena goes for those upper body level takedowns and hits him anyway. Or maybe she does the smart thing and alters her strategy and shoots beneath the waist to try to get Durandame down. I do not think that she will adapt her strategy. She probably goes for those same upper body takedowns because that's what she's best at. And I cannot rely on her to win doing so. So a pure pick for me is going to be Jermaine Duraname to stuff takedowns, avoid getting put on her back, and outstrike Pena at distance and in the clinch here. But in terms of bets, I think that this fight could be over at one takedown beneath the waist. So in terms of bets, it's dog or pass for me. I do not think that I will be laying the chalk on Duraname here. And if anybody got in on her at plus money or maybe minus 110, minus 120, I think those are pretty solid bets. But as the line gets steeper in favor of Duraname, I think it's going to be a pass for me. And it really comes down to where Pena shoots the takedowns here. So 
If Pena has the right strategy, she's shooting beneath the legs. Look to live bet Pena here because I think that she eventually will get the takedowns, will get the top time, keep top position, and probably win by decision or possibly even submission at some point. But in terms of a pure pick, it's going to be Jermaine Durandame by decision, and it's Dogger Pass in the betting window. The next fight is the co-main event of the card. We have Carlos Philippe taking on Jorgen DeCastro. The opening betting line for this one was DeCastro minus 270 to Philippe plus 230. Right now we are seeing DeCastro minus 235 to Philippe plus 200. More action coming in on the underdog Carlos Philippe in this one and rightfully so. Just a quick unrelated note about this fight. This fight is an embarrassment of a co-main event. DeCastro is 1-1 in the UFC. Philippe is 0-1 in the UFC. Two tremendously low-level heavyweights. I have no idea why this fight is co-main event. Kind of disrespectful to the fighters on the undercard who are much better fighters, much more experienced than these guys. So this is a really low-level fight. I would not advise betting much on this one at all. Although I do think that it is dog or pass and there is some value on Carlos Philippe at these odds. I do agree with Jorgen DeCastro being the favorite. I think he should be a slight favorite here. He has good leg kicks, he has some power in his punches, and he can stuff some takedowns. But I just do not think he has very reliable offense. He does not have high output. It seems like his cardio could be a concern. Getting over to Philippe, he got dominated in his UFC debut, was getting outboxed by Sergey Spivak. He stuffed some takedowns early, but in round three, he eventually got taken down, got dominated on bottom in round three. He made it to the decision, was tough, didn't get finished. He ate some big shots on the feet and was hard to submit on the ground. So it's going to be hard to see Jorgen DeCastro knocking out Philippe here because he can take a massive shot. We've seen that already, and we haven't really seen the chin of Jorgen DeCastro tested too much. I basically just think that Philippe can make this fight competitive everywhere. I don't think either will have a massive striking advantage. I think that Philippe will come forward and throw enough volume to give DeCastro problems. And DeCastro's path to victory is really that leg kick, just shutting down the lead leg of Philippe, outboxing him, and likely scoring a knockout. I could see a knockout on either side from these guys. I could also imagine this fight being a very low output, boring fight that goes to the decision where it's a toss-up, split decision type of fight. I could see it going a lot of different ways, but not very confident about my pick in this one, but I am confident that it is dogger pass. You definitely cannot be betting on Jorgen DeCastro at these odds, especially at the money line. And I think this one probably goes to decision. I think the more likely path to victory or the more likely way this fight goes is that slow, low output, striking match type of decision that I was describing earlier. And I am going to pick Jorgen DeCastro to win that striking match and get the decision here, but it's going to be a close fight everywhere it goes. It's a dogger pass all day, and Jorgen DeCastro decision is the pick. The next fight takes place in the women's bantamweight division, and it is the main event of the evening. We have Holly Holm taking on Irene Aldana. The opening betting line for this one was a minus 110 pick em on both sides. Right now, we are seeing Holm, the slight favorite, minus 118 to Aldana, the slight underdog, minus 102. So this fight is really bad. It's probably going to be a five-round, boring, low-output decision where it's going to be a split decision where the wrong fighter wins, to be honest. But I guess we have to analyze it as best as we can, try to remain impartial, and it's going to be hard to do because nobody likes Holly Holm. She consistently produces boring fights. Her fights lately have been absolutely terrible. She just clinches her opponents up or goes for takedowns and doesn't really do much with the clinch, doesn't do much with the takedowns. She isn't really throwing any distance strikes. So based on logic alone, I would not be betting on Holly Holm, a 39-year-old woman who barely lands strikes to win this fight. 
With that being said, I do think that Holm has more ways to win the fight. I think that she can compete on volume and maybe win at distance, although I think it's very unlikely. Her most likely way to win the fight is to get the fight in the clinch, to push Aldana against the cage, to look to hit takedowns, and to look to just grind her out against the cage in that stalling type of fight where she beat uh, Megan Anderson, where she beat Raquel Pennington lately. That's really the way that Holm is winning her fights. She uses her massive strength to clinch her fighters against the cage and just holds them there and doesn't do much. She doesn't land many strikes. She doesn't look to hit takedowns very often, although she did against Megan Anderson. I just really don't see that clinching and stalling approach being enough to beat Irina Aldana. Aldana does sometimes struggle with getting pushed against the cage, with getting taken down. Uh, Raquel Pennington was able to do that a little bit when they fought, but I just do not think that that's a reliable path for Holly Holm here. I think that Holm is probably going to get lit up with strikes at distance. I think Aldana is the more effective and damaging striker at distance. And anytime Holm is going to try to pressure forward and get that clinch, I think that Aldana is just going to move backwards, is going to use her jab to outstrike her, and to just keep this fight at distance because that is where I think that Aldana has a pretty significant advantage here. I think the speed is going to be a big factor for Aldana. She has a big speed advantage in her hand speed and her punches, and she's got big power in her hands, which was evident in her last fight. She knocked out Ketlin Vieira with a left hook, one punch knockout from a woman. Very rare you see that, but that just goes to show how powerful Irina Aldana's hands are. I don't really feel like spending too much more time analyzing this fight. Aldana is the better distance striker, Holm is the better clincher, and the better grappler, so it really is going to be a battle of footwork and distance and where the fight takes place at. I'm trusting Arena Aldana to have the footwork, have the boxing to keep Holm away, to keep her back off the cage, and to outstrike Holm at distance. And who knows what could happen in those later rounds. We might see five rounds of slow, low-output kickboxing, or we might see Aldana turn up the pace and look to actually finish Holly Holm and make a real statement in those later rounds. But in terms of pure pickos, I'm going to go with a five-round decision win for Irina Aldana. I think it'll probably be 49-46, maybe 48-47. Holm probably has some success with her clinching, with her stalling, with that cage pushing but I just don't think it's going to be enough to win rounds, to win the uh, fight in the eyes of the judges. And it's probably going to be a close split decision type of fight, very close, narrow decision. But I think that Irina Aldana has much more upside. She can win the fight much more convincingly. And that's going to be my pick for Aldana to outbox, outstrike, and win a decision here. Uh, so the pick is going to be Aldana. No bets in this fight yet because I just think it's a dumpster fire of a fight. Terrible matchup on both ends. It's just It has all the writing on the wall to be a really boring boring five-round decision. So maybe you should just wait to live bet this one. Maybe don't even bet this one at all and just save your money for some better fights, which has kind of been the theme of this podcast so far. This is a very bad card. I mentioned in the beginning, there just aren't very many betting spots that intrigue me here. A lot of low-level fighters, a lot of fighters making their UFC debuts. So don't go crazy betting on this card. Keep it small and uh, make some smart bets out there. But that is going to do it uh, for this podcast. Um, my official bets are going to be on my Bet MMA Tips page, which is in my Twitter and the YouTube description. So check out that page to see my official bets on the evening. The only official bet I have so far is Jessen Aari at plus 102. So that's going to do it for the podcast. I will see you all next week. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all win some bets this weekend. Peace. Peace.